You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fin side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter, and Paul is fanatic underscore pick. Be sure to give us a follow. It was a crazy week of free agency, but as we have seen and, and what tends to be the case from year to year, by the time the tampering period's over, free agency is basically over too. And after that first week, Free agency is all but dried up until we get that second wave. So we have a good idea of the team needs and the positional needs for each team. So with everybody quarantined inside, we're going to go ahead and and do a one-round mock draft and start out really at the top just to dive right into it. No surprises. First two picks, the Bengals in this no-trade-down mock have Joe Burrow, the quarterback from LSU. Number two, Redskins take Chase Young from Ohio State. Ron Rivera's said to be in love with him. Then at number three, the Lions, Jeff Okuda still has to be the pick. And I I think after free agency, you know, he's even more so the pick because they, the Lions may have tipped their hand a little bit here because they had some needs at defensive tackle, linebacker, and defensive back heading into free agency. They went out and signed Nick Williams and Danny Shelton at defensive tackle. Looks like they're going to start at those positions given what they were paid. And at linebacker, Reggie Ragland and Jamie Collins were also signed too. But at defensive back, the Dol- or excuse me, force of habit, the Lions downgraded from uh, Darius Slay, who they traded to the Eagles, down to Desmond Trufant, who's been broken down for a couple of years, and not much after that. So the Lions really have to get Jeff Akuda at this point, as far as I'm concerned. Paul, who's your pick there at number four? Well, the Giants have drastic needs after Nate Solder ripped them off for way too much money. Unfortunately, they can't part ways with Nate Solder, but they can still upgrade the position a little bit on the cheap But here at number four. And I know some folks kind of ripped it apart last time, but I'm sticking with our pick from, from the last time that we did this exercise because I truly think he's, he is 
probably one of the, the ones with the highest upside at left tackle. And that's Makai Becton, the, the mobile man mountain, who flashes more athleticism than he has any right to. That's you know, 360 pounds. They need to protect Daniel Jones to have a future in, in, in New York. They don't have the best team around him, but giving a left tackle that can protect his blind side is a hell of a way to keep your, your, your starting quarterback from getting gun-shy early in his career. And, and number five, much to Paul's chagrin, uh, Tua is still the pick. Not a lot of explanation needed here. <laughs> Not a lot of explanation <laughs> needed with the Tua pick. I, I want an explanation. Well, I, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, last time we did this mock, and back in January, February, I did say that Tua is somebody that you've got to trade up for if you believe in him. I don't know. Maybe maybe the Dolphins still do trade up for him, but at this point, for me personally, I'd rather stay put at five and take Tua, or I'd rather say the hell with it. Let's go all the way up to the top and get Joe Burrow. Let's give away every draft pick the Dolphins have have given away to this point, or have acquired to this point. And I know you would certainly like that. Um, but there is five, Paul. So I remember last time that you had the Dolphins taking an offensive tackle uh, in this one-round mock with no trades. Would you still go offensive tackle? Would you go another position? Uh, or would you go quarterback? Or would you go Tua? I would not go Tua here. <clears throat> it's Tua right now is probably third or fourth uh, on my quarterback list, not based on ability. Ability-wise, he's got that in spades all day. I'm not debating that with anybody. My concerns are longevity in the league, and I don't think Tua has that based on his injury history. And it's not just the hip, it's the ankles, it's, you know, the the two tightrope surgeries, it's the knee, it's the thigh, it's, it, you know, like, this is a guy that probably had better protection in college than he's ever going to have in the pros. And that's even with the possibility of Miami upgrading their offensive line this season. He's going to get hit a lot, and I don't know if his body can hold up to that. So, for me, yeah. looking at the board here, I probably would have flirted with either Werfs, Simmons, or Love. In all honesty, here, you know, beef up the offensive line a little bit, get a switchblade player on defense, or just if you're gonna go quarterback this year and you're not building around Rosen and you're not trading up for Joe Burrow, get your guy here or move back a few spots if you're confident he's going to be there. Yeah, and I'm still of the opinion here, too, that if you don't take Tua, you've got to like some quarterback here. Uh, I, I mean, I, you just have to. I mean, you're, you're picking fifth overall after all this. If you take a tackle to replace Laramie Tunzel, who you traded, who was an all-pro last year, that would be hard for me to take, even though I like a lot of tackles on this board. But you're right on on this, that if the Dolphins do end up with Tua, you put them behind a bad offensive line and you're asking for trouble. So, Paul, who'd you come away with at number six? Well, I just mentioned, mentioned Jordan Love, and we've got a team that's sticking to their guns that they're rolling with Tyrod. It's, there's, there's no secret on the planet right now that the Chargers are in the quarterback market for this draft. And Jordan Love sitting there, the Chargers don't have the luxury of any extra first-round picks, and they need to pull the trigger now. So 
looking at that, Jordan Love just made the most sense. The fact that he it has a little bit more mobility than, than Justin Herbert really puts him in the wheelhouse for the Chargers based on this offense they're building. And you don't have to change up your offensive scheme between your starting quarterback and your backup quarterback as you flip them as the season starts if they don't win the job right out of the gate. Yeah, and that would be viewed as a very big surprise there with Jordan Love. But the Chargers are said to really like him, and he's one of those players that could go anywhere on the board, kind of like with Daniel Jones last year, who went number six overall to the Giants. At number seven, this is a tough one for me because the Panthers got their quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater. They've got really good options at wide receiver with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who they recently signed, Curtis Samuel. They traded for Russell Okung. Uh, Defensively, they're very, very thin all over. So I think they've got to try to get a nucleus together. And I think part of that is going to be linebacker Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. He's also, he's going to be able to, in that 3-4 scheme team with last year's first round of Brian Burns, new free agent acquisition to hear Whitehead, Shaq Thompson, who was a first round pick and back in 2015, as well as Christian Miller, fourth round pick. Uh, from last year. So now you're starting to piece things together, but they do have to get deeper at defensive line and defensive back as we go along. They really do, but I move, I'm going to move us right onto the Cardinals here at number eight. They need to get bigger and stronger up front, and that's where Tristan Wirfs comes into play. We're going to see him come off the board here to to really start helping protect Kyler Murray and help get that running game going a little bit more for Kenyon uh, Drake. So still sad to see him there. But again, it, it's I think the Cardinals get better in spades by going with Worfs. At number nine, the Jaguars, it's hard to believe that they're, they have a defensive line that, that's so disintegrated now when we, we saw what they had in previous years with Clayus Campbell and they traded for Marcel Darius. They signed Malik Jackson. None of those guys are there anymore. So they need somebody to really build around. And I think that is Derek Brown. Six foot four, 325 pounds, uh, a wrecking ball, somebody who commands double teams on every play. With, uh, with Miles Jack and new free agent acquisition, Joe Schobert behind him, I think this makes a lot of sense. The Cleveland Browns have just trash at left tackle at this point in time. And Andrew Thomas being on the board, somebody that leading up to the draft a few months ago was, was a consensus top three to four player pick is still sitting out there and can come in and, and start to protect Baker Mayfield. He can't protect him from his wide receivers, unfortunately, but at least can protect him from some defensive linemen on his blind side. Andrew Thomas is an easy pick here for these guys. At 11, we've got the New York Jets. I know Paul wants him to take a punter. So do I, but um, I'm going to go ahead and give them, you know, it's, it was a tough choice for me here because you still have Jedrick will still on the board from Alabama and they, they could certainly even, even after signing three offensive linemen to start, they, their biggest need is still at right tackle. And uh, they're looking for an athletic offensive line and Jedrick Wills would definitely fit that bill, but I'm going to go at cornerback here with C.J. Henderson for them. A little bit of a reach, but not too much. Right now, they've got at cornerback Pierre Desir, who is was cut by the Colts after a down year, Brian Poole, who is more of a nickelback, and then not a lot of depth after that. So 
So if you you draft C.J. Henderson here, you're a lot, you're able to to put Brian Poole in that nickelback role, and now you can match up a little more effectively. And they're going to have to in this division because when they face the Dolphins, they got to face Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, and when they face the Bills, now they got to face Stephon Diggs and John Brown. The Raiders are a weird enigma. They went ahead and traded for a quarterback. They've still got Derek Carr on the roster. And they've still got John Gruden at the helm. And I think this is one of those picks where Gruden walks into Mayock's office and throws a Gruden-like tantrum like only he can do. And I think he's going to end up liking Justin Herbert's football IQ a lot more than most people do. And given the fact that he looks like the prototype out there, I can easily see Gruden going in, pounding the table, and not only going for Justin Herbert, but keeping every other quarterback he has in that quarterback room to fight it out in training camp. It's a classic Gruden move, and I think this is a huge fit for the Raiders based on Gruden being the head coach. You know, with this experience there at Oregon, and you've got Marcus Mariota there too, maybe he makes an exception and, and goes with a rookie quarterback, which he doesn't like. That that would be fascinating. Yeah, and I want to make a point of that because it is a quarterback and it's one we don't want the Dolphins to pick. At 13, San Francisco 49ers got this pick from the Colts with the DeForest Buckner trade, and they're able to take those resources and spend them at wide receiver where where they have their biggest need. They take C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma at this spot, and this is a DeAndre Hopkins type type of clone here. And in the 49ers offense, where you can make a lot of plays after the catch, this makes a lot of sense. This this is one of the best tackle breakers last year at Oklahoma. And even though he has the body type to maybe not quite do that, those types of things. But this, this, with a good quarterback and a good system, is a potential star player. It is. And that's somebody that I was eyeballing if he, if he fell one more pick to Tampa Bay. But, again, Tampa Bay also has a senior citizen at quarterback these days that you may or may not have heard of. and what do you need to do for a senior citizen at quarterback? You need to plug a tackle in to protect that blind side to keep him from turning into a chuck and duck when he gets hit. And given that, Tampa Bay sees Jedrick Wills still on the board, surprisingly, at 14. And this is a no-brainer at this point. You've got to protect Brady and to have any type of chance. Yeah, They don't have a right tackle on their roster right now. So... <laughs> I mean, just for survival, that makes a lot of sense. And you got to think with Brady, they're they're going to use that pick on offense too. At 15, Jerry Judy from Alabama is the pick of wide receiver. I mean, the Broncos have had a very impressive offseason, especially in putting a starting 22 together. I mean, on defense, they trade for Jarrell Casey. They trade for A.J. Boye. They tag Justin Simmons. Offensively, they sign Melvin Gordon. They, they beef up the line with Graham uh, Glasgow. And their only really giant hole is opposite uh, Cortland Sutton, that wide receiver, and that's where Judy comes into play. He, he's able to team with Sutton, great route running skills. I mean, this is somebody, again, who's been a top 10 pick uh, since we've been talking about him for the last year and a half. And now he falls to pick 15. They easily make the, make the pick here with Jerry Judy. For the Falcons, they, they did. Managed to add Dante Fowler this this offseason. 
but again, their pass rush was non-existent. Their front was was just flat out bad uh, in 2019, and they need to continue to add to it. So with AJ Epineza sitting there on the board, he's a guy that can come in and play the run, but can also get to the passer and force things over Dexter Fowler's way, or pick up the or Dante Fowler's way, or pick it up on the other side of it when when the need arises. So Epinez is a perfect fit for the Falcons defense and helps them improve that front that was pretty abysmal last season. And when you look at the Falcons, they haven't taken a lot of chances over the last couple of years uh, with, with their picks. So they, they've kind of gone with that, with that proven commodity. And that's where Epinez comes into play too. defensive end, defensive tackle type of player at 17 Last pick before the Dolphins are up, and you've got two interesting players on the board, and one of them is Caleb Von Chason from LSU, and they they had Robert Quinn here this past year. They trade they made a trade with the Dolphins. He had a productive year from a pass rushing perspective. We've seen that with Robert Quinn in Miami, where he's able to to put heat on the quarterback. We saw saw that with with him with the Rams too. And Jason kind of fits that same build. The difference with him, he's an up and coming riser. He's only 20 years old. He can run that arc. And Jerry Jones likes to target star players that need positions. And, and one always seems to fall into his lap. And one does here at 17 with Jason, as long as they can keep that motor running for him. At 18, I, I started getting nervous because you and our listeners both know I feel like Miami has to come out of this draft with a left tackle. And there is a precipitous drop after Josh Jones at the left tackle position. If, if you don't get Josh Jones, you're probably making a move to try to get Trent Williams if you have not already or if he's still available from the Redskins. But as much as I think Miami needs to come out with a left tackle, the thought and prospect of Javon Kinlaw still being on the board at 18, which is possible, um, although unlikely, come, come round one of the NFL drafts, uh, April 23rd. Good job, Roger Goodell, for not moving that date. You can't pass up Javon Kinlaw. He could just be a wrecking ball in the middle of Miami's D-line, and you're going to be able to keep him fresh, rotating with Christian Wilkins, rotating with Sealer, rotating with Davin Gottschow. And you're going to be able to move the D end in certain situations and be that guy that everything Flores loves in a defensive player. So again, Kimmel was too good to pass up, even though Josh Jones is the last of the left tackle cream of the crop on the board. You can say that again. I mean, we've look defensive tackle. Any down defensive lineman is not a need for the dolphins, but it's so blindly the best player on the board that I don't think you can pass him up at that point. Look, if, if it's about the left tackle, I'm willing to get on the phone and, and try to get Jason Peters for a year or Jel, Jared Veldy or, or a couple of other older players that are out there. Cordy Glenn's also out there. If it means getting Javon Kinlaw, because the Dolphins are trying to acquire these cornerstone types of players. So he's, also the one that I would have drafted there. In fact, it really wouldn't have even been close because of the star potentially brings. And I think what a lot of listeners might be thinking, listening to this too, is that, well, there's no way Kinlaw is going to be there. And they're probably right. But I will tell you this, 
if at white if you look at the board and it goes like we have in the top five, it's a pretty predictable mock in the top five. You got Burrow at one, Chase Young at two, Jeff Akuda at three, an offensive tackle Mackay Becton at, at four, and then two at five. Between picks six and seventeen, if you have Love, Herbert, three wide receivers, and cornerback CJ Henderson going, you're almost guaranteed to have a left tackle like Andrew Thomas or a defensive tackle like Javon Kinlaw fall to that 18th pick. You really are. And for me, it really wasn't close. If it was close, I absolutely would have gone with the offensive tackle here. If if it was anywhere close, I would have gone with the dire positional need and, and gone with Josh Jones. But it wasn't close. It wasn't close by a long shot as far as Javon Kinlaw is concerned. I consider Javon Kinlaw to be a top 10 talent in this year's draft. So do I. And if the board fell like this, where the Dolphins take two at five, Kinlaw at 18, at this point, I I like Josh Jones a lot more than you. If this were a tradable mock, I would be doing everything in my power to get up to that 19 spot and say, hey, look, We've got two second rounders. We've got a third rounder. We've got a first and a second next year that are extra. We need to get Josh Jones that left tackle. But because it's not, the Raiders make the pick here at 19 and go with wide receiver Henry Ruggs from Oklahoma. This makes a lot of sense for both Gruden and Mike Mayock. Mike Mayock, if you look at the drafts last year, he wanted high character type football players, team captains. They got that at number 12 with Justin Herbert, and now here with Henry Ruggs. Ran a 4-2-7, brings that deep speed they were craving last year when they tried to get Antonio Brown and that whole fiasco happened. But right now at wide receiver, their top two guys are Tyrell Williams and Zay Jones. They're not very good, and they're not fast at all. So adding the speed component would really hit home, and he'd immediately be that number one receiver there for the Raiders. So I know we just talked a little bit about Josh Jones, and a pick that may not look like it, it makes as much sense on the surface here with Jacksonville at number 20. Jacksonville has flirted with the idea of kicking Cam Robinson into guard, and if they do that, I think Josh Jones would be a good fit. And Suddenly, Jacksonville's left half of the line is in very good shape moving into the 2020 season and can protect Gardner Minshew back there and give you a chance as they move into the season because the AFC South is up for grabs and you need Gardner Minshew to succeed as it stands right now. Jacksonville didn't really have a shot at the top quarterbacks in this draft. They're rolling with Minshew for, for the season as it stands today while we're doing this mock draft, in which case you need to protect the man kicking Cam Robinson inside the guard, putting Josh Jones at left tackle immediately improves two positions on their offensive line. At 21, the Philadelphia Eagles take wide receiver T Higgins from Clemson. And when you look at their wide receiver unit and they're, they're in desperate need of adding more weapons around, around Carson, Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are on the wrong side of 30. I don't see either one being on the team one year from today, if not much, much sooner. They drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside last year in the second round, but they've got to add that that top guy. And Carson Wentz, 
big, tall pocket quarterback. He, he needs that. He needs that downfield threat and somebody who who has the long wingspan to be able to come down with those passes. So T Higgins makes a lot of sense. Projects as a number one receiver for the Eagles. The Vikings secondary apparently decided to just all hit eject this off season. And the Vikings have a dire need at cornerback and had to almost reach a little bit here to take Christian Fulton out of LSU. He's a long lean corner, uh, but he's a guy that can really play up on the line of scrimmage, can play off, can play zone a little bit, and starts to fill their secondary, which still, even after drafting Christian Fulton, has needs across the secondary. Pick number 23, the New England Patriots. No quarterbacks on the board. I'm not sure if they'd pick one anyway. looks like they're going to go with Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer here this year. They could go anywhere. They usually do go anywhere. I'm going to give them linebacker Patrick Queen from LSU. I remember back, gosh, I think it was 2010, 2009 draft. They drafted uh, Jared Mayo, the linebacker from Tennessee, and he reminds me a little bit of him. He has very high football IQ, and he's only going to get better, only get smarter as he gets in the league and plays with Bill Belichick. So even though off-ball linebacker is not the biggest need, I think it makes a lot of sense right here. And then you've got the Saints. Von Bell departed in free agency and went to the Bengals, which pisses me off to no end, as our listeners know. They need some help at the safety position. They needed it anyway. And Xavier McKinney being on the board here is a perfect fit to move around out in that, that New Orleans secondary there for Sean Payton. So Xavier McKinney, hands down, comes in, starts immediately, and, and makes his case for defensive rookie of the year. At 25, the Vikings are back up on the clock. They picked Christian Fulton, the cornerback, at, at 22 with their pick from the Bills for Stefan Diggs. I'm going to go cornerback again at 25. And when – I mean, the Vikings lost their top three cornerbacks. They released Xavier Rhodes. They lost Trey Waynes to the Bengals. They also lost uh, Mackenzie Alexander, their third cornerback, a very good nickelback to the Bengals as well. A.J. Terrell is the pick the cornerback out of Clemson, and now you've got two young, battle-tested SEC cornerbacks in Fulton and Terrell at those two spots. So very good teamwork there, Paul. Yeah, I was going to say they, uh, <laughs> they're they going to have to make a decision when they decide to pick on the rookie in uh, in Minnesota. Uh, and I'm just delaying the inevitable. I, I don't want to announce my Dolphins pick. This is the pick after – Miami called the Redskins, and the Redskins told them to pound sand on Trent Williams. This is after they tried to reach out to Veldier and a couple others to to sign on a short-term contract to come down to Miami and play left tackle. And this is a product of the board as the way it fell, and I hate it. But I, I'm not going running back in round one. Uh, I'm just not. Uh, for our listeners out there, if you want to go running back in round one, you know, thumbs up, good for you. I just don't see the value in doing that. Unfortunately, Miami has to come out of this this draft with a starting left tackle. And that means that here at number 26, they go with Austin Jackson, who has so much developmental work needed. He's got all the physical ability in spades. But again, I go back to that video CK showed of him doing the spin move um, while blocking. And it just confounds me that I had to go Austin Jackson. But again, this is me paying for taking Javon Kinlaw at number 18. 
It's, I had to take a step back and get a developmental guy at left tackle. Well, hold on, hold on a second here too. Is let's be clear too. This mock draft is about what we think will happen, not specifically what we want to happen. Because mm-hmm. if the, if Austin Jackson is what you want to happen at twenty six, then I'm gonna I'm gonna drive to Connecticut, or I can't fly there. I'm gonna I'm gonna and we're gonna fight because Austin Jackson is probably my least favorite player of the draft. But if we're talking about dri- a guy, if you drive through New York, I'm not answering the door. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the Midwest, social distancing. In, in the Midwest, <laughs> we don't get that joke. So, um, but yeah, I, I can't. I mean, I, I listened to a mock draft from uh, Move the Sticks that had them take taking Austin Jackson at 18. So you don't even get Kinlaw in that scenario. But yes, I do think it's possible. Unfortunately, because. You're talking about a left tackle that's 6'5", 320 pounds, and uh, is only 20 years old. So there, there are developmental traits there, without question. When I watched him go up against Bradley and I, and I watched him go up uh, against a lot of other other players, it, it gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on it now. Uh, AJ Epineza destroyed him. So Epineza, Bradley, and I just killed him. But I, I couldn't help look at him too and say, you know what, if, if your, if your hand placement gets better, if, if your kick step gets better, then you might really have something. At least that's better than saying, okay, we have a left tackle. He's just never going to be athletic enough or, or mean enough to play that position. Well, to be fair, his spin moves almost good enough. You could put him at the end. So there's always that aspect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> either way, either way, I'd hate it. I, I, I think pa- Paul would hate it too. So it, you know, it's funny doing this mock draft here because you're so giddy to 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 get up and make that 18th pick with Javon Kinlaw, and then at 26, oh God, it'd be just just crawl into the podium this, at that time. This would be a nightmare for me. I, I've got I've just got to <laughs> jump in there. It, it's not only Austin Jackson. It's you know. And again, I'm going to caveat this with I'm not talking about the man's ability on a football field. But my belief as far as the longevity of Tua Tagovailoa's career, based on his health and playing behind an imperfect offensive line, and my belief with Austin Jackson being a development. Austin Jackson is the worst news you could get if you're a Tua Tagovailoa fan, hands down. And if you don't want Miami to draft Tua Tagovailoa, it's even worse. It, it, it really is. It's it's completely a horror. I'm going to use one of my few free passes here. It is a shit show situation for having three first round picks to come out of this draft with a quarterback that can't stay healthy and a left tackle that can't protect his ass. Yeah, that that's why I'd want to trade up earlier for that. But again, we're talking about in, in a no trade draft what we think would happen in this scenario. And Jackson is dead a definite possibility. At that spot, I Ezra Cleveland is somebody I mocked to him in our Joe Burrow uh trade up mock and and he he's somebody I I really like, but again, we're talking about where the players are projected and what is likely to happen. So at 27, Seahawks back on the clock are not back on the clock. They're making their first pick here at 27. Auburn defensive tackle Marlon Davidson. And this is a little bit of a reach. The reason I did that is because the Seahawks always seem to take a weird player. They took LJ Collier last year. 
They reached on him a full round. Year before that, they took Rashad Penny, reached on him a full round. I think they're going to reach a full round on a Marlon Davidson, too. He can play defensive tackle, defensive end, brings uh, a lot of versatility, a lot of power, and, and has that Seahawks type of attitude uh, based on what I've seen seen from him and read about him. He, he's such a perfect pick for the Seahawks in my mind. I, I don't even feel like it's a reach because I feel like he truly is a, is, is a complete and total fit for them unless somebody weird happens to fall. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is exactly the pick they go with here. Speaking of that, based on the way the board played out, it feels weird to say the Ravens need help at linebacker, but they do. And, and Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma can come in day one and change that back to, okay, the Ravens are the Ravens again. They're good at linebacker, no matter what happens anywhere else. And, and Kenneth Murray will come in, plug and play day one, start for the Ravens, and get them back to having that good linebacking core once again. I like that pick a lot because one thing about the Ravens too, they blitz almost more than any other team in the league and his ability to get from point A to point B with his speed. It's, it's pretty amazing to watch at 29, Jeff Gladney, the cornerback from, from TCU is the pick Logan Ryan is at the time we're recording. This is still floating out there somewhere. I don't know exactly what's going on with him. Maybe they're waiting for medical checks or whatever, but they they've got to replace that position. You know, Jack Conklin's a big loss for them. Logan Ryan's going to be a big loss for them too. I mean, he was an extremely productive guy, but four interceptions, four sacks last year <laughs> playing the slot role as well as outside cornerback. I, I can't believe this guy hasn't been signed yet, but Gladney comes in. I, I view him as a more of a poor man's version of Kyle Fuller, who's become a Pro Bowl cornerback uh, with the Bears. He's a little bit undersized, but very feisty and a very all-around cornerback as far as, as bringing the press coverage, man coverage, tackling, everything that, that you can you can have with that. So glad needs that pick at 29. The Packers need to put more weapons around Aaron Rodgers. That poor guy. And, and as somebody that loves his tight ends, he has been struggling to get a good, solid tight end for a few years now. And that all is going to change in round one. And he's going to take a guy that I really like out of Notre Dame and Cole Kmet, who, you know, has, has been compared to Gronkowski. I will not anoint him as the next Gronk as of yet, but I think he's got the, the potential skill set that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a field day with throwing him the ball and, and can block a little inline to open up their running game too. So Kmet, easily Green Bay Packer, Aaron Rodgers' new favorite target. At 31 for the 49ers, I went with Grant Delpit from LSU. And a year ago today, it would have been insane to have him at this spot. He had a really bad 2019 season, had had a bad injury that he dealt with all year. So he missed a lot of tackles. It threw off his entire game. But when you look at Richard Sherman, he was able to get back on track very, very easily there with the 49ers. And he, he offers... Grant Delpit has that length, has that football IQ. I think he would fit in very well there. Kansas City's a weird one, and you and I talked a little bit about this. They've got a couple of needs uh, based on the players that have left. I know they need have some needs in the secondary, but they need somebody to pair with Damian Williams in that backfield. And 
I went with DeAndre Swift out of Georgia. I think he'd be a great fit. Uh, as you put it, he'd be on a path to offensive rookie of the year. This could be one of those weird picks, though, where Kansas City doesn't pick again for a while. And you may see Kansas City make a reach here and take the running back that would be a better fit for their style of offense and really give Patrick Mahomes a weapon. And that would be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU, who some don't have projected going until early third, some have projected going early second. I think Kansas City takes that little bit of a reach. I got news for you. They don't care what anybody else thinks. And takes the player that they believe could be a fit. But again, I think they take DeAndre Swift in this mock. But don't be shocked if they reach and make Clyde Edwards-Hilaire the pick here at 32 as well. But for this this mock, it is DeAndre Swift. So, so Paul, it's not going to screw up any of my picks. This is the last pick of the first round here at 32. If you had mm-hmm. to do it over again, DeAndre Swift or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I would go DeAndre Swift, but again, I, it's a lot closer than you think. Yeah, and because when you said that after when you took Swift and then said Edward Solaire, I'm thinking, man, Edward Solaire might might be a better fit for that offense because he's uh, he's also somebody that catches catches the ball a lot a lot more easily. But either way, at running back, if if you take if the Chiefs were to take a running back. I, I have two schools of thought. Number one, Damian Williams, uh, super. You know, you, you saw what he did here last year with the Chiefs. I mean, I think he was Super Bowl MVP. I, I God, I can't even remember anymore now. Um, no, he wasn't. He should have been. Yeah, he should have been. That's right. That's right. And he or Chris Jones should have been. Uh, yeah, anyway. yeah. The, it, it, anyway, uh, da- but on one hand, I think well, Damian Williams should be in there. Uh, are he's earned the right to come back and play. But if you take a, a talent like DeAndre Swift and put him back there, this guy's going to average five and a half, six yards of carry easily. And he's going to coast his way to r- offensive rookie of the year. He's going to be a 1300 yard back easily, even if he gets on the field. And maybe the chiefs could use that and rely on that a little bit more at, with, uh, as, as they continue to grow yeah. as an offense. So, and, and what I'll say too, is, is if, Damian Williams wasn't there and wasn't so good catching the ball out of the backfield, then I think I would definitely flip flop between Swift and and Edwards Hilaire here at 32. But given the fact that you're probably going to have Damian Williams take over definitely your third down role and then be in a platoon for the other downs with, with Deandre Swift, I, I think it's definitely a doable situation. But again, Edwards Hilaire, I get closer and closer to, to putting him ahead of Swift on the Chiefs draft board. And that will conclude our first round post-free agency mock draft here. And still a lot of good talent on the board. You know, the Dolphins pick 39 and 56. Uh, and you, you, this was a bad a bad board for the Dolphins as it went down, as we saw with the Austin Jackson pick there at 26, which is would be likely to happen in that scenario. Uh, but the, the top guys on my board that I'd be rooting for would be tackle Ezra Cleveland from Boise State. You can double down in that tackle position. Cesar Ruiz is still on the board from Michigan, and he's somebody that could be a plug-and-play 10-year starter. Antoine Winfield Jr. 
from Minnesota is is somebody that ha- brings Pro Bowl level ability to the safety position as long as he can stay healthy, which is which is a challenge for him. Bob Sanders is a good comparison I've seen from him. His dad, Antoine Winfield Sr., even though he was undersized, had a great NFL career with the Bills and the Vikings. Zach Bond from Wisconsin, versatile chess piece, looks like a, a guy that Brian Flores would like. Ashton Davis, the free safety from California, was coached at California by defensive backs coach Gerald Alexander. And then you've got a slew of centers and offensive tackles. The Dolphins would have an opportunity still to double down at the center guard and tackle position. And that will do it for our one-round NFL mock draft. You can follow Paul and I on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fit side. So, Lodi, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fin side. side. It ain't the left side, left side or the right, right side. side. Then it must be the fin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.